right. Everybody good? Everybody doing good? It's good morning. Happy Father's Day to the dads in the house. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, it's going to be a good day. It is going to be a good day. God uh, just was really weighing some things on my heart this morning before I could even wake up fully. Felt a little trapped because uh, I feel like the theme that he wants us to settle on this morning, and we'll see as the morning unfolds, so we always try to be flexible with what the Spirit of God wants to do in our gatherings, but I just felt like typically we don't try to stick to calendar things like, you know, Easter message on Easter, Mother's Day message on Mother's Day, although we try to, you know, be sensitive. Is, is the Holy Spirit saying that we should focus on this? And this morning, I just really felt strong that we are to just spend some time going into the heart of the Father. The heart of the Father. Yeah, it's, it's that kind of morning. I went ahead and put this picture up just for fun. Um, just, to, just to give you guys a reminder of our emphasis while we worship. You know, the Bible does tell us that, that God inhabits, <laughs> excuse me, can't talk. God inhabits the praises of his people. And in other versions, it says he sits enthroned on the praises of his people. In other words, when we worship, when we lift up our praises to God, we are actually establishing a throne for King Jesus to come and rest on. Maybe he's going to rest. Maybe he's going to move swiftly through the room and knock you all over. I have no idea what he wants to do. But we'll just let him do what he wants. And, and I would just say, let your, let your heart and your appetite be ready for whatever he wants. Um, you know, our God is so brilliant and so multifaceted that he has a way of meeting every single person's need in the room in all of its varieties, every various way. It's not just one theme. He is so multifaceted that he is at work in every situation. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows everything. Yeah. How many there aren't there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he knows it all. He knows the beginning from the end. He, in fact, he has written every page of your life and has ordained it. Every page written. He has a plan. He has a dream that he's dreaming over your life, over my life. So just be um, expectant, I guess, is, is what I'd like to say, encourage you all to do this morning. I'm going to get a quick sip here so I can actually talk and not choke. Yes, sip amongst yourselves. Last week I was a bit ampy. This week I'm a little more toned down. I think I took my green tea about an hour and a half earlier, so starting to wear off, which is a good thing. All right, so we're going to go ahead and get ready to worship, but I'd like to open up this gathering with a scripture reading. Um, why don't you guys stand for it? We'll just stand. We'll stand for the reading of the word, and then we will pray and worship. So Ethan's going to drop us right into it. I don't know if you guys can see this or not. I'm going to do my best to read it because it's on that wall back there. Um, this is from Ephesians chapter 2, right? Yes, I had to double check. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2, and it's the first 14 verses. This is from the Passion Translation because the Passion Translation is more passionate. So I like to use it. So here we go. And if you feel like you want to read along, that's fine. Uh, 
we don't have to try to keep in step with each other. So this is what Ephesians chapter 2 says. The Apostle Paul is writing this. He said, and his fullness fills you. You know, we could just stop right there. His fullness fills you. Just put your hand on your heart and say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Let your fullness fill me this morning. There we go. Yeah, we just receive your fullness. Even though you were once like corpses, dead in your sins and offenses, it wasn't that long ago that you lived in the religion, customs, and values of this world, obeying the dark ruler of the earthly realm who fills the atmosphere atmosphere, atmosphere with his authority and works diligently in the hearts of those who are disobedient to the truth of God. The corruption that was in us from birth was expressed through the deeds and desires of our self-life. We lived by whatever natural cravings and thoughts our minds dictated, living as rebellious children subject to God's wrath like everyone else. But God... But God still loved us with such great love. He is so rich in compassion and mercy. That is the truth, guys. Even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For we are now co-seated as one with Christ. That is amazing. Other translations just simply says, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places right now. You're standing in this room, but you're also seated with Christ at this moment in the heavenly realm. Throughout the coming ages, we will... Sorry, guys. I'm going to turn around and look at this side because I can't read it that far. Throughout the coming ages... We will be the visible display of the infinite, limitless riches of his grace and kindness, which he showered upon us in Jesus Christ. For it was only through this wonderful grace that we believed in him. Nothing we did could ever earn this salvation, for it was the gracious gift from God that brought us to Christ. So no one will ever be able to boast, for salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. So just put your striving aside. Quit trying to be good enough to get God's favor. He loved you while you were his enemy. He gave you a free gift of salvation. Next part, my son. We have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. So don't forget that you were not born as Jews and were uncircumcised. Circumcision is, itself is just a work of man's hands. You had none of the Jewish covenants and laws. You were foreigners to Israel's incredible heritage. You were without the covenants and prophetic promises of the Messiah, the promised hope, and without God. Yet look at you now. Look at your life right now. Everything is new. If you don't feel that this morning, just say it over yourself. Everything is new. I'm stepping into newness of life this morning. Although you were once distant and far away from God, now 
right now you have been brought delightfully close to him through the sacred blood of Jesus. You have actually been united to Christ. Our reconciling peace is Jesus. He made Jew and non-Jew one in Christ. By dying as our sacrifice, he has broken down every wall of prejudice that separated us and has now made us equal through our union with Christ. Ethnic hatred has been dissolved by the crucifixion of his precious body on the cross. The legal code that stood condemning every one of us has now been repealed by his command. I'm going to repeat that line. The legal code that stood condemning every one of us has now been repealed by his command. His triune essence has made peace between us by starting over, forming one new race of humanity, Jews and non-Jews fused together. That's a, that's a, a weighty word, it's a long word, but it's a good word. I really wanted us to start this morning by reading and, and soaking in that truth that Jesus Christ paid it all. His blood, his broken body on the cross is sufficient. His blood and his grace is sufficient for each one of us. It is all you need. You can't add to it. There's nothing you can do to make it better. His blood speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. This morning, as we get ready to worship, I always forget, but I want to just invite you guys, if you want to take communion, this is not a communion Sunday, but if you just choose to celebrate your time of worship with taking the cup and the bread, um, we have a handful of communion uh, to-go packets over there. I already ripped one open for myself and showed Lancer how to do it. He's like, he already took his. It's just a, it's an appropriate time to hold before the Lord the, the elements that represent what Jesus paid for. If you need healing in your body this morning, if you need breakthrough in your life, that heaven would come and break into a situation that is broken or out of order, if you need freedom from anything, if you need your mindset to shift from an earthly negative perspective to a heavenly positive perspective, because it is positive when it's heavenly, it's not negative, then take the communion elements, hold them before you, and whenever you feel like taking it, just spend some time in worship this morning between you and the Lord, and feel free to take it then. So I'm going to invite you now, if you want to grab it, you can. Well, I'll just take a moment here before I continue on. If you want to grab it, I'll get another sip. Mm, nice cold water. Yeah, go ahead. And if you, if you need help peeling those open, just bump your neighbor and say, help me figure this thing out. There's a little plastic layer on the top that peels off. You can take the wafer out, and then the rest of it peels off. Oh, I struggle with those things too. Okay, so as we get ready to worship, I just want to say one last thing and I'm going to pray and we're going to blast off. So this week I listened to something and I can't remember who was preaching it. Um, somebody was talking about the throne room of heaven. You know, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says to come boldly before the throne of grace to receive. Come boldly before the throne of grace to receive grace and mercy in your time of need. Now, 
What happens in a king's chamber if someone just comes in boldly? If you know history at all, that could cost you your life. You could be ushered out by the soldiers, the guards, and executed on the spot. So there's a reason why the scripture tells us that we get to come boldly before the throne. Even Esther, when she approached the king, she knew she was married to the king, but she knew with reverence and respect that you come in humbly. Our king, our God, who is on the throne right now, welcomes you and me into his throne room as his sons and his daughters. So this morning, we can truly say to him, Father God, happy Father's Day. You are the father of creation. You are the king of the universe, and you are the one that fashioned each one of us together inside of our mothers. You are our, our father, and we recognize that this morning. We want to come boldly into your throne room. We want to run in as your boys and girls, as your sons and daughters. And we just want to spend time at your feet this morning. So the word of God tells us that the spirit of God that lives inside of us cries out to God, Abba, Father. Abba. It's an Aramaic word, Greek word. I think it's Aramaic. Word that means it's an intimate word to describe your father, your dad. So we're going to pray again. But I just want you guys to do this. What does this mean when you're coming to your daddy? Pick me up. Yeah, just, just say Abba. Abba. You can say it louder. Abba, Daddy God. We just say this morning, we are your sons and daughters. We say, come, Father, come, Daddy. Come and sweep us up into your presence this morning. We come into your throne room boldly with confidence. We come to spend time at the feet of Jesus this morning. We come to just worship you and to lavish praise at your feet. We come to invite you to come in to deeper measures of our lives, that you would come in and search our hearts and fix our hearts and fix our lives. Make us to be more like Jesus in every way. Let your kingdom come. Let your rule come. Let the reign and government and rule of Jesus come into our lives in a greater way this morning. We set our eyes on you, King Jesus, our high priest, our faithful one. We come to worship you, and we just love you, and we invite you to rule in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Is that all we need? He is God, he is good, and he is Jesus. At every turn in our life, Lord, every turn, no matter how hard the road is, Lord, you're God, and you're good, and you're Jesus. Hallelujah, you got our backs, because you go with us everywhere we go. May not feel like it sometime, but it, nevertheless... That's a good, a good book. Nevertheless, I'll tell you the author when I remember. <laughs> it's just a little devotional. Oh, Lord Jesus. Well, 
Hmm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let me decrease and you increase, Lord. Hmm. So, Thursday, my sweetheart and I headed on. Oh, you can sit down. <laughs> we, we headed on a long trek only because of GPS. <laughs> I got to say. Five and a half laters, we, hours later, we made it to McMinnville, Oregon, for my sozo. Oh, I see why that's, it goes on the other side. So, I had a 6.30 appointment. We arrived at 6.35. <laughs> it's a good thing I wasn't driving. It's like, get off me. <laughs> I'm getting so tense. Well, you know, I didn't prepare because I didn't want to plan a single thing here. So, Lord, I ask you to give me the words exactly what's going to matter. So all I know is he did an amazing thing. <laughs> I had a rough childhood um, who a lot of people who hasn't. So I think it just made it ripe for the enemy to bring all kinds of stuff against me. And I've been in an inner healing ministry seven years. I ran it emotionally free. We did seminars two times a year, had 40, 50 people each time. I got... Um, ministry over and over and over and over on certain issues and still the battle raged in the area and let me stop right here two days before we left so Tuesday of last week I asked the Lord Lord I just don't even know you know what you want to do with the sozo exactly. So I said, could you just give me, you know, a couple of things, two, three, you know, whatever, the most important that affect my life, that limit me, little and big. And so... He brought to me a traumatic event that I went through that was devastating to me. And that the far-reaching consequences to this act brought so much. I mean, I there's a a whole page that were taking notes on my sozo and it was the whole page legal page and small writing brought chaos and confusion and fear and anger and unforgiveness and I always ask the Lord Lord, why can't I get a hold on this? 
why is the enemy like a bulldog chomping at my feet at many turns in my life where I have fought literally, you know, (laughs) with the sword and with the word. I know the word, but why is that sounding? Why can't I get to it? So he gave me those fear, anxiety, and anger. And anger showed itself in snappiness, curtness, when things didn't go the right way or the way I wanted it to, or I was just, mm. So anyway, those two things I walked into. And then I was expecting to have my sozo with grandpa of the sozo. And Teresa meets me at the door. And I'm thinking, like, what are you doing here? (laughs) But okay, and I had prayed, Lord, put me with the perfect person for me that can walk me through because I'm expectant, I'm expecting to be delivered and set free and those doors closed and so, oh Lord God, so I know, the sozo begins (laughs) and she said, Teresa, And then there's precious Judy taking notes like a scribe. Praise God, because I have those notes. I love that. So she says, close your eyes. Is there something, an impression, a word, something the Lord is showing you right now? Where to start? And it was that traumatic event. And I started out the gate like a racehorse. (laughs) I sobbed and sobbed. And it's like, oh, for crying out loud, I'm saying, okay, Lord, this is reckoning day for this enemy. Because I partnered That's the thing, I partnered with the enemy. Didn't really call it that, didn't really think of it like that, but I partnered with it. And there was some stuff to be done. So she asked me what, there's four doors, fear and anger, (laughs) my first two, (laughs) and sexual sin, and was it the occult? So fear, and she says, how do you see that door? And I thought it's wide open because of the far-reaching consequences that came with that traumatic event. And she went okay and went to work. And then after that whole page of things, she said... Now, what's the door look like? I thought, it's closed. She says, what's going to keep it closed? And I saw a picture like a, it was like a uh, construction worker with this 
his, uh, his caulking gun. <laughs> but it was like cement, and it's going around this door. It's like, wow. <laughs> so, isn't that cool? <laughs> so it's like, now anger. Because of the childhood I had, and it's only been, no, I ain't going to say that. So the childhood I had, I had this anger of, uh, to do with my dad. And I never expressed it. I always blamed my moms. I had many, but two in particular. And so there was a lot of forgiving of my my parents even, for not parenting me like I should have been parented. Said all that, I, that, that's short. That's what's coming to mind. So here's the door. She asked me, how, what does the door look like for anger? It was, it was open, but it wasn't open like fear. It was open, and I, I told her. And then after the ministry, she said, what's it look like now? And it was closed. She said, what is going to keep that door from opening? I said, I see a staff. You know, the staff? And it's across that door, barring it. And Teresa said, um, the staff represents authority. And that's like, what that meant to me, it's like God stepped in front of it. And it's like, if you, enemy, if you come near, the hook of that staff is going to drag your sorry. <laughs> right on out of here. <laughs> so, <laughs> God's good. Is there anything else, Lord? All I know, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> All I know is I'm changed. I feel it. And Teresa said, from this moment on, you're going to see major changes. I mean, immediately. And, I mean, I'm here to tell you, I was hounded by that enemy, and I got set free. Isn't that good? <laughs> so, look out. <laughs> Does anybody have a word? Oh, and at the end of my, my sozo, Judy said forward. Forward. Come on. Deb, I'm just celebrating with you, and <clears throat> I think about 
um, the things that we have coming um, to us um, in the future, how he prepares us for that. He kind of gives us those um, signposts along the way or leaves those little breadcrumbs. And like with Deb, you know, the word forward. Anyway, good morning, Legacy City family. Um, I'm going to keep this really short. I'm going to share something personal with you. And um, it might be a little uncomfortable for some. It's not for me. But when I went um, home from church last Sunday, my son, who has been doing um, ancestry, and he's that legacy's kind of passed on to him because my grandmother was the one who chose me or maybe I chose to sit at her knee and learn everything about my dad's side of the family. And uh, I've recently, uh, well, I came home last Sunday and my son says, hey, mom, by the way, uh, Grandpa Ron is not your dad. And I said, okay, well, let me set my stuff down. And I went in and he told me. And um, I guess uh, it really wasn't, it didn't rock my world. It didn't shake my world. Um, my third sibling is my half-brother there's a lot of stuff that went on um, in, um, with my mom and her side of the family. And honestly, uh, all year long, I've been praying about generational sin on all sides of the family and uh, in the bloodlines and coming against that and asking the Lord to reveal the root of that. And for all the things that were the lies and the deception and the hidden things coming up to out. And it did it in a whole number of ways. Um, and we had a a blockage, a line blockage in my mom's side of the family and Chris discovered what it was and it was actually from a sexual sin and it created a lie. So um, anyway, throughout this whole thing and there's a lot involved with it, but my sister-in-law called me and she said, oh gosh, how do you feel about this? Didn't this just really rock your world? And I said, no, not at all. And she said, well, why is it not bothering you? And I said, well, because the reconciliation of my peace comes from Jesus. I know who I am. I know who I am in him. I have a heavenly father. That's my DNA. And furthermore, really, when I stop and think about it, um, and my mom left because she was pregnant with my half-sibling, um, and she left my dad with myself as four years old and my sister, who was 13 months. And um, so anyway... Uh, come to find out my dad's side of the family, who's not, you know, is my dad who took care of me, but is not my genetic dad. The Lord put me in a family that loved me and nurtured me. And my grandma was um, just an awesome woman of God, took me to church. And my mom's mom also um, was a woman of God. But they nurtured me, and I was grafted into this family by Father God who took care of me. And so just all that to say that in the midst of the storm, he's in the midst of the storm, he's in the mystery. Your peace doesn't come from whatever's going on around you. Your peace comes from him. And when you stand steady on that rock, things can't shake you. And I have joy in this because it's resolved a lot of things. It has um, increased my faith because I asked him for this. I asked him to reveal all this so that it could be taken care of. And furthermore, in talking to my sister-in-law, this is the last piece of it. Um, my sister and my brother are so against Trump, you know, this whole political thing, which I've tried not to... Um, engage in that with them, but it's been very hard because you know how people, you know, they get 
really heated with that. And so as I'm talking to her, and I said, as a matter of fact, I'm just going to share with you um, this little tidbit, and that is, um, I know that there's been some friction between us because of this issue, and I won't jump on board with that bandwagon, and I know it frustrates you guys. I said, but God's on the throne. He reigns. He can use anybody he wants to. It's through the Bible. And my peace comes from that because I know that there's victory in him. So no matter what is going on, but this is the office of the presidency, and we need to support the office of the presidency, and we need to um, pray for peace because peace comes on our land. We pray for those that are in authority. And she said, I never looked at it that way, but thank you. That really makes sense to me. And she goes, actually, I've stopped um, getting up and turning on CNN first thing in the morning and being inflamed throughout the day. <laughs> so <laughs> I said, okay, then. I'm going to continue to pray for that. But I also shared with her, because she is a um, sort of a baby Christian. She didn't really understand about generational sin or the bloodline. She has a uh, first granddaughter who's going to be born um, in October, and she shared with me that she had um, a lot of breakages in her family, and her mom um, left her dad, and she was raised in a hippie commune, and her dad found her and came and picked her up, and I thought, okay, well, that's cool, that's victory, but her dad actually sexually abused her and, and um, also allowed her stepbrothers to. So there was healing in that for her as well, and I, and I talked to her about praying um, for generational um, sin and for her bloodline, so the Lord just brought a whole bunch of stuff um, full circle with this. So I just wanted to share that with you, that don't be shaken by things that are happening in your life, but ask him to have different lenses to see how he is moving and pray that you will hear his move, the heartbeat, right? That's, that's a call to victory. It's a call to proclamation. And, um, and it can overwhelm your life if you allow it. Just let his heartbeat to take over and move with him. I, that's so good. Deb, that was like incredible. It's been amazing to watch some of us walk through life. Um, the Lord's downloaded just a little piece. Um, so I won't be up here longer than about 45 minutes, but <laughs> just kidding. Um, Naira and I went to a conference a few years back about with Graham Cook, and um, he was talking about lens and asking God to give us his lens. What the word that the Lord drops, and how funny, have you guys had this experience where he drops like maybe a word, and suddenly it's everywhere, you know? He, he gave me this word perspective, and so I'm turning on the TV, and Joyce Meyer's talking about, and it's the Lord's perspective. And I go, right on, choice. And then I'll, read, I'll pick up a book and it'll be perspective. And it's everywhere. And in the beginning, I used to get kind of like feel bad. Like, Lord, do you have to tell me 20 times, you know, in a, in a day? Am I just not hearing from you? And, and as I've gotten to know him better and let him work in my life more, it's more like, nah, I just like having fun with you. So I'm just going to keep telling you this word because it's fun. So that's how he works with me. So the word is perspective, and I looked it up, and it says um, it's just proportion of a picture in perspective. It's according to the laws of perspective in just relationship with the important and the unimportant things in their proper places. That's pretty good. 
What Christine Kane talks a lot about is, because she had a pretty rough childhood and she was lied to and she had sex or sexual molestation, and she talks a lot about what is the facts and what's the truth. And we heard about that this morning. There can be something terrible in our childhood and that's the facts, or we can have something horrific happen to us and that's the facts, but the truth is, is he'll never, ever, ever leave us or forsake us. He is always with us. My God will supply all my needs according to his riches. And we're seeing that happen. So when we have like a question of perspective, let's ask God, you know, give me your lens. Deb said yesterday, it'd be good to remind ourselves of how do I look at that person? Do I look at them and what's going on or just what, who they are, but do I ask God, give me a lens for them. Give me your perspective. And that goes back to what are the facts, but what's the truth? God's a powerful God. He can do anything. Anybody else have anything? A what? My turn? Oh, man. Ooh, I feel, in a good way, woozy up here. <clears throat> it's been a good morning so far. Deb, I about lost it. You probably could tell. I started shaking and almost like blurting out the tears. For those of you, don't, just two of you, I guess, maybe three of you, don't know what Sozo, well, five of you in the room, don't know what Sozo is. It's just an inner healing ministry that came from Bethel Church and our relational church in Oregon. Um, they have a, a sozo ministry in place that's very powerful, and we've been through it. And it just brings some freedom, and it really cleans the, the spiritual wax out of your spiritual ears to help you hear God more. And that's really the goal is to just to get, get free of stuff, of areas of unforgiveness, and, and have a conversation with God. And it helps with people that will walk you through that conversation to get it kind of ignited well, why don't you ask God this? Why don't you ask God that? What is he, what is he telling you? And you'd be amazed at how quick your, your ears can hear the voice of God. Sometimes I think we just, either we don't believe he's going to speak to us because we've got sin in our lives or we've done something wrong and we're not really sure if the blood of Jesus really did cover it or we know we hear him, but we don't really know how he speaks to us. And so we're just like uncertain if it's him or if it's my own thoughts. You know, and, and I would just encourage you guys, um, this whole Christian walk is about a relationship with God. He is a relational God. He wants to have a relationship with you. It's not about going to church. And church is important. It's, you know, the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of believers gathering together but do so, all, do so all the more as the day approaches. So we should spend time fellowshipping, and this is a strategic gathering on Sunday mornings all across the earth to worship and be together. But it really comes down to you and, and Jesus, you and Father God, you and the Holy Spirit, learning how to have a dialogue, because he just wants to walk you through your life journey Sozo just means saved. It's the Greek word for saved. And that word is interpreted as forgiveness, um, to be rescued, like saved from death or saved from hell. It also means to be uh, healed, 
the word heal, you know, the 10 lepers that came to Jesus, they were all healed, but one was sozoed. The one, he had a, a deep healing. And it's also freedom. It's freedom from demonic activity, you know, deliverance. So sozo has a, a wide range of meaning. And that's all the sozo ministry is. It's just helping you get more freedom in your life so you can walk with God and walk in a victorious walk with him. You know, that Romans, Romans 5, 17, I think, it says that you know, God has destined us. He's ordained us to reign in life as kings to reign in life through Christ Jesus. Reign means reign, like rule over your life. And, you know, we all know the journey of life. Sometimes life rules us. It just feels like we get beaten down and life dictates to us. The circumstances dictate. The, the facts, is that what you were saying? There's the facts, and then there's the higher truth. And when you were sharing that, Connie, I just was, you know, Colossians 3, I didn't have it in the notes there, but Colossians 3 says, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind, your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God, or I like to say, your life is now wrapped up in Christ. You are in Christ. You have died. You're a new creation in God. You've been wrapped up in Jesus and the Holy Spirit has come to live inside of you. You have a new compass. The outside circumstances are not your compass. In fact, you get to be an atmosphere shifter. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you and as you do what this scripture says, set your heart, your spirit, you know, the inner, inner person, set your heart on things above where Christ is seated. And apparently Ephesians 2 says you're seated there with him. So set your heart in the, in the real reality, in the truth, uh, in, in the heavenly place. Yes, be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. <laughs> anyway, some of you might know that. That quote people will say, but I, I want to reverse that because I think it's important to be heavenly minded because the scriptures tells us to. And set your minds on things above. God likes to work in us from the inside out. He's doing an inside job. It is God who works in you to act and to work according to his purposes. So he's at work in you and he wants to work from the inside out. Just like the Hebrew temple had the inner the, the most holy place where the presence of God dwelt and then the outer, the, the holy place. So you had the holy of holies where the spirit of God was in the Ark of the Covenant. Then you had the holy place where the daily priestly activities happened. And then you had the outer courts. The Bible says that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are just like that Hebrew temple. The holy of holies is the innermost part of you. And that is where the presence of God has united with your spirit, causing you to be born again. And his life wants to emanate out of the innermost being into the, from the Spirit of God out into your holy place where all of your priestly daily activities happen. And then from there, rule over the outer courts, your flesh. You just reckon that flesh dead. Consider it dead. It's been crucified with Jesus. It's no longer alive. I'm a new creation. I'm now led by the Spirit, not by my flesh. Now, it's, it's a practice. We have to practice that because, as you all know as believers, we all can be led by our flesh. 
just is a matter of training ourselves, disciplining ourselves. I don't know how far we're going to get this morning. We'll try to get a little ground taken. Do you have anything you want to jump in with right away? No, no. Okay. Well, as you guys know, most of you that have been here long enough, um, whenever visitors come, we just really, it's in our heart to encourage you, to really just give you something to take with you um, spiritually. And so as we were worshiping and I, you know, inquired John and Jeanette's names and your last name. And because, you know, your names are not an accident. God was on your mom and dad when they chose your names. I've told people in this room before, yeah, you might think your parents pulled the name out of a hat, and maybe they did. But do you think God is bigger than that? See, he's the one that actually put you together. He's the one that spoke destiny and life into you when you were being knit together in your mother's womb. He's the one who felt it was important that your name would be significant to who you are. Even names that have negative meanings, oftentimes God just wants to take the meaning of that name and bring the opposite into that person and that they would be the one to bring that opposite into those places that their name actually means. Did you two know your name meanings? Yeah? It's pretty wild. John and Jeanette mean the same thing. God is gracious, the grace of God. One one said Yahweh is gracious, the other one said God is gracious. It's the same person. I just see over you two just a double portion of grace. There's there's a sweetness. (laughs) Sorry, I'm going to get all messed up. It's, 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 it's working on me before it's working on you. That's not how this is supposed to happen. <clears throat> Let me catch my breath here. So I just, I, I felt like when I saw you guys, I almost had a picture of what you might look like. I thought if I could just draw it and then see if you actually look like it. You actually, you actually look similar to what I imagined. Just a, a likeness in both of you, that you're, you're almost like, like twins, but husband and wife. It's like you're the twins of grace. You're the twins of God's grace, but you're husband and wife, and together, bam, power team, power team. I felt like he said over you and you, John, and you, Jeanette, that he is so satisfied with your lives, that your, your marriage and your life and your 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 walk with him is a sweet fragrance. It's a sweet aroma. It's a sweet flavor. Mm-hmm. And then I, I remembered your last name, Swanson, and I thought, oh, man, it's like a Swanson TV dinner. Yeah, the TV dinners aren't that great, but the dessert, <laughs> that cherry cobbler. Now, some of you guys are too young to know what a Swanson TV dinner is, but I remember. You, Cheryl, you remember. Yeah. And you couldn't wait to get to that little cherry cobbler or that cinnamon apple delight, right? And that was like the, the highlight of the whole meal. But I felt like God was saying, that is how you are to him. Your lives as a couple is a sweet aroma and a sweet taste to Jesus. I just hope you can receive that. I hope you can believe it because I felt that's what he was speaking. And then, you know, I thought, well, I don't know if there's a a definition of your name meaning, but I looked up Swanson, 
And it comes from the word swan. And it means pure and graceful. So, Cheryl, Dale, why don't you guys just, just reach your hand over. Maybe a couple of you. Is it okay if someone just touches you guys? If you guys want to just... Have somebody, hey, you power team ladies in the back there. Just, we just want to bless you. We just want to just to release over you more of what you need, more of what God already wants to give you. Yeah, so Father, we thank you that this couple is a sweet fragrance, a sweet fragrance of grace and purity and power, a double portion, a double anointing of grace. We thank you, God. We pray that today you would infuse them with newness of life and new hope and that the gifts that they carry would just be ignited in Jesus' name, that they would be strengthened in their faith, that they would be strengthened in their walk with you, that the grace of God that is on their lives would not only go deeper inside of them, but it would be released from their hands and from their hearts as they love on people. Thank you, Jesus. I, uh, when I was looking at you two, I heard the name of a pretty famous counselor, and it came to mind. Did the two of you, like, counsel casually people, or are, are either of you counselors, or are you just, people just come to you, and you just, okay, well, I heard counselor, and maybe that's something he's going to impart more as your I don't know if you're traveling or if you're around. Okay, I'm just going to say this then. Um, I believe the Lord's going to increase that gift of counsel on you. And if you haven't had that set over you, I'm just getting Holy Spirit goosebumps here in Nairos. Yeah. So, Lord, we just ask that you increase that gift in them, that by your might and your spirit, you bring people to them, that they have a word in due season that is filled with love and gentleness and kindness. We just ask, Lord, that you bring them to them. Just bring them. And that they will be able to just even impart love onto these people where they are going to fall in love with you, Jesus, just by even maybe a word from this couple. Just thank you, Lord, that you are working that out in them and, and bless them, Lord. Bless them for the um, openness to just reach out to whoever you bring to them. Thank you, Lord. Is that okay? Is that good? I just, as she is blessing you guys, I just was seeing that too, mom and dad. Like you're a mother and a father. There's something, you know, people need moms and dads. We need, even when we're grown adults, you need parents. You need mothers and fathers of relational capacity to come in and just to encourage you on occasion. We're, we're never going to be too old to need moms and dads in our lives. So I just saw that too on you guys, just a mothering and fathering of wisdom and counsel. Yeah. If people come to you for that kind of wisdom, don't, don't discredit yourselves. Don't think that, oh, maybe I don't think I have what it takes I think it's pretty evident God's wanting you to know you have what it takes. Yeah, there's grace. God is gracious. Awesome. Okay, well, hmm. Speaking of moms and dads, again, happy Father's Day to everyone, even you ladies. Uh-oh, someone's horn's going off. I don't think it's here. Um, 
So Father's Day, you know, I, I've heard, I felt a theme even in the sharing, what you guys were sharing. And, you know, this week, for weeks now, I think, there's just been this, this recognizing, this uh, seeing the areas of people's lives where they're, they're fatherless. I have a coworker that I know her dad, uh, I'm trying not to go into too many details here if someone might be listening from work. <clears throat> um, this coworker's father moved, moved away and she's basically alone. She's a, a 20-some, close to 30-year-old uh, young lady and uh, she just, I could tell, I just knew in my heart she's missing her dad and it's Father's Day tomorrow, which, you know, that's, this was yesterday. And I just started a conversation with her. I sent a couple text messages, and uh, Tammy, no, she knows I'm, I'm safe about this kind of stuff. It's not just some random. It's not a rando. I'll just say it's a, it's a supervisor. There's pretty much all my supervisors are female. So anyway, <clears throat> so anyway, I just went to that heart of, you know, I felt like the father wanted her to know that he's with her, that he, what he sees over her. I just took a risk, and she told me years ago, a couple of years ago, that she's a believer. But I just felt like she needed to hear the father. And she texted back saying, I really appreciate that. That was very timely. Like she said, she really needed to hear it. But in saying that with, to you guys and sharing that, I just... I feel like, you know, we all recognize, we all know that, that there's a lot of daddy wounds in people's hearts. And yeah, my dad's going to listen to this with my mom. You know, they'll listen to the podcast and my, my mom and dad know they would be the first people to say, yeah, we're not, they're not perfect. And I, I would be the first to say as a dad, I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes. And, you know, father wounds don't even have to be from your earthly father. They could be from spiritual leaders, men in your life. They could be from bosses, people in authority. They could be from an uncle, someone that you put in a high, high place. You can get a, a father wound. There's something really important about recognizing the place of fathers and the attack of fathers. And then the, the lens sullying, the, the dirtying of the lens of how we see fathers. There's something about that that God is really concerned about, I believe. He's a father. God is a father. Someone told me or preached years ago, God is a family man. Ephesians chapter 3, you know, Paul's a prayer. I kneel before the father from whom every family on earth has derived its name. He is a family man. He is a, a, he is a father. Psalm 68 chapter 6 says, God, our father, sets the solitary into families. He is so relational and he has, he is a father and his father's heart, I believe, yearns, it, it aches for the sons and daughters on planet earth to see who he really is and come running home to him. You know, just like the prodigal son story and the good father, that Jesus was giving us a picture of God. He was giving us a picture of the father's heart, that the moment you or anyone on this planet recognizes the condition they're in and they want to come home and just be his slave, just be a servant even, at least I know then I could be 
taken care of, like the servants. And when they recognize the goodness of God the Father, that he would send Jesus to rescue us and to run us back home to the Father. And the moment we think that the Father is going to be angry and scold us, he's like, no, 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 close your lips. Servants, go put the ring, the sandals, the robe, put it all on him. My son is home. My son is home. It's time to party. (laughs) That's how God feels about you and me. But this thing about father wounds, God wants to go there. He wants to heal those places because oftentimes, as many of us know in the Christian world, people who have had really bad experiences with their earthly fathers, they have a hard time saying, Father God. They have a hard time picturing what Father God might be like. And in a sozo session, they may, in an inner healing session, they may say, close your eyes and tell me, what does Father God look like to you? I don't know. If you guys want to close your eyes, you can. And just say, Father, or Jesus, show me what Father God looks like. You know, if he looks angry, if he looks like he's ready just to get up and take a belt off, Jasha, <laughs> or maybe he just looks quiet and frozen behind a newspaper, or he may be like just smiling and saying, come close. But for most people on this planet, there's been some sort of father wound. Let's just, we'll start with the scripture. This is church. We should read the Bible. So we're going to go to the very end of our slideshow and do slides 15 and 16, Ethan. So this is from Galatians chapter 4. God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the written law, Yet all of this was so that he would redeem and set free all those held, in, held hostage to the written law so that we would receive our freedom and full legal adoption as his children. And so that we would know for sure that we are his true children, God released the spirit of sonship into our hearts, moving us to cry out intimately, my father, You're my true father. Now, we are no longer living like slaves under the law, but we enjoy being God's very own sons and daughters. And because we are his, we can access everything our father has, for we are heirs of God through Jesus the Messiah. That's just one of a bunch of passages um, that I have regarding the plan of God the plan of Jesus to redeem us from our sins and to reconcile us to the Father. Now, Jesus said, let's, we'll give you the verse. Uh, which one? I don't want to take too much time looking for stuff here, but I might have actually removed that one. But you guys all know John chapter 14. Jesus said, I am the, I'll just re- recite it. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to to the Father except by me. I think I have it in the Passion here. Let me just try to find it real quick. Yeah, slide 10, sorry. Thank you. This is the Passion. It's a little bit 
a little bit passionate. Jesus explained, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes next to the Father except through union with me. I like how that's worded. Except through union with me. To know me is to know my Father too. So the good news is, if you're struggling with Father God, it's okay. Because if you know Jesus, you're already in a relationship with the Father. It's okay. I've spent most of my 30 years of walking as a Christian just relating to Jesus in this walk. I'm comfortable with Jesus. I love the presence of the Holy Spirit. I love the comfort of Holy Spirit. And for many years, I just couldn't, couldn't quite relate to Father God. Maybe I was a little afraid that I was going to theologically cross a line. Well, you know, I don't want to like leave Jesus behind and go to the Father because Jesus is my salvation. But Jesus said, if you have the Father, if you, if you have me, Jesus said, then you have the Father also. But if you don't have me, Jesus said, you don't have the Father. So it's, it is an important distinction. We have to have Jesus. Jesus is the only way to the Father. But when you come into a relationship with Jesus, Jesus wants to bring you to Daddy God. He wants to introduce you to the Father. Why is that important? Why is understanding the Father so important? We're going to try to wrap some stuff up here, but I'm going to give you guys a couple of little sozo snippets. Slides five through seven, and I'll try to walk through this carefully because I don't want you to misunderstand these notes. But oftentimes, people correlate the members of the Godhead with earthly relationships or earthly family members. Jesus correlates often, or uh, yeah, this correlates. There's often a correlation between how you see Jesus and how you've had a relationship with friends and siblings. Friends and siblings, they meet the needs of your soul. You need that hard communication. You need that, that fellowship. You know, the Bible tells us about, I believe it's about Jesus, it's in Proverbs, that there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. We've sung it for years, the old hill song, Jesus, you're my best friend, and you will always be. You guys remember that song? You know, Jesus, he's the friend of sinners. He is our king. He is God. He is Lord or master, and he comes to you and me, and he says, I am your brother. I am your, I am your family member. I've brought you into a relationship. Why did that close up? Let's look at slide number 12 real quick. If you're not sure about Jesus being your brother, Hebrews chapter 2 says, For now he towers above all creation, for all things exist through him and for him. He is God. And that God made him pioneer of our salvation, perfect through his suffering, for this is how he brings many sons and daughters to share in his glory. Jesus, the Holy One, makes us holy. And as sons and daughters, we now belong to his same Father. So he is not ashamed or embarrassed to introduce us as his brothers and sisters. Imagine that. How many years did it take me to get across that scripture and actually go, wow, so Jesus, even though you are my God, I had the sticker on my CD case when I was carrying CDs around all the time. It said, Jesus Christ is God, because I wanted to make sure the Jehovah's Witnesses knew that in the Mormons. Oh, they believe he's a God. Anyway, 
I wanted to make sure people knew Jesus was God and that you do not try to skate around him. He is the way. He is the door. He is the gate. He is everything. All things come from him and through him and to him. To him be the glory forever. Jesus Christ, there's no other way around. You can't sneak into heaven around him. So he is God. But when you come to know Jesus, when you receive the salvation that he paid for on the cross, you get to enter into a relationship with the family of God, the family of heaven. You get to go to Father God and know him as a father. And Jesus is not ashamed to identify you and me as his brothers and sisters. That's mind-blowing. It is mind-blowing. There's a reason why we were called Christians. I'm going to clarify something before I say something. We are not deity. We are created. He is creator. We're not the same. But when Jesus comes into your life and infuses your once dead spirit person with the Holy Spirit, you become born again and you receive a new identity and a new nature and you are as Jesus was on the earth. You are a Christian, a a little Christ walking around. Not God, but you are an anointed one. You have been anointed by the Holy Spirit to do the same works Jesus did, to destroy the works of the devil. You guys good? Are you okay? I didn't teach a heresy. Okay. If you want to correct me, then we'll do that privately. (laughs) But I think I'm right. Um, So, so that was kind of a preface to this thing about about Jesus being like a sibling. We're going to wrap things up here, I promise you guys. So that was slide number five. Go back to number five again. We'll just recap it fast. So Jesus, siblings and friends, meet the needs of the soul, companionship, and hard communication. Now, I don't want you guys to freak out about the Holy Spirit because what I am not saying is that he, the Holy Spirit, is not a woman, okay? Now, some of the women in here would be like, I'd be okay with that. But, you know, we just, we want to hold to the Bible and, you know, it's just important that we, we take what we learn and understand about God from the scriptures. We don't make up our own things about God. And the Bible does describe the Holy Spirit as a he. Fair enough? Ladies, are you okay? <laughs> okay, absolutely. Yes. Okay, so let's go to the next slide then. The Holy Spirit, there is a correlation to mothers in our lives. What do mothers do? They comfort us. They kiss your boo-boo when you fall down and scrape your leg. Did mom kiss your boo-boos? No, no he's too old for that. Because you have a mother wound now because she didn't kiss it. Moms meet the needs of the spirit. They tell you it's going to be okay. When your dad gets home, he'll take it. <laughs> or when your dad gets home, he'll whip you. He'll, he'll spank you. I will. I'll just kiss your boo-boos. Yeah, no, I'm joking. But the Holy Spirit meets our spiritual needs. The Holy Spirit nurtures us. The Holy Spirit is our teacher and our comforter. The Bible's pretty clear. Jesus said, when I leave, I'm going to send you another counselor, another teacher, a helper. He's the comforter. So oftentimes when people have mother wounds in their lives, you've had maybe a bad experience with your mom, you might, I'm not saying you will, but you might project that onto the Holy Spirit. And you can spend time with God and sift through this kind of stuff. You can say, Jesus, show me the Holy Spirit and just 
let him show you in your mind's eye, in your imagination, what Holy Spirit looks like to you. And if there's something scary about that or, or twisted or whatever, there may be, that might be a hint that you need to forgive your earthly mom for some things. If the Holy Spirit is out of control and screaming at you, <laughs> that's not my mom. She didn't scream at me. She chased me with a wooden spoon or a plastic spoon, something like that. Let's go on to the, the, the final one here. It is Father's Day, and we want to get to the heart of the Father. The reason why Father God is so important, because fathers give us identity. They give us protection. How can you confidently say that I am a son of God or a daughter of God, adopted into the family, Jesus paid for the price for me to be brought into the kingdom of God, the family of God, and now, just like Jesus, I can approach the Father and I can say to him, as the Holy Spirit enables me, Abba, Father, Daddy God. When we are able to see the Father for who he really is, we can go to him and we can receive from him our identity, our protection, and our provision. Jesus can meet all of these needs. The Holy Spirit, it's one God, three persons. I don't want to sound like I'm confused about God, but each member of the Godhead functions in different ways. Otherwise, Jesus would have just stayed here on earth and just spread his own measure of the Spirit on all of us. He's not dead. He's alive. By the way, if you didn't know that, we celebrated Easter a while back. He is risen. He could have stayed here, but he said, no, I'm going to go back to the Father. And he went to receive his glory and to establish his rightful place at the right hand of God the Father. And he said that he would pour out the Holy Spirit. We need, we need the Holy Spirit to empower us, to anoint us. But Jesus wants to have a relationship with us, and the Father wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to, to speak to our hearts. Regarding the father stuff, mothers and fathers and, and siblings, um, just something to think about. This is a little sozo tool. I don't have a slide for it. But you know, when you don't get these particular needs met, if you, we all have these wants in our lives, we want to be nurtured, we want relationship, we want identity and provision and protection. When we don't get those needs met on earth, that is where the wounds and the lies come in. The enemy wants to lie to you and tell you that God would treat you the same way. That your earthly father was mean and beat you. Well, heavenly father is just waiting to smack you too. And you can just kind of imagine how it goes from there. So when we don't get our needs met, we, we, an open door comes in where we open a door to meet our needs, and sometimes those could be a door of anger or fear. There, sometimes there is comfort. We find comfort in fear because at least we know we're aware and protecting ourselves, or anger could be the same way. I think I'm trying to go into something that might be a little bit too deep, but let me uh, just kind of end it, wind it up with this. So wounds and lies take root, and we use unhealthy tools to meet our needs. Most of us know where the unhealthy tools might be in our lives, if it's, you know, whatever it could be. So as we discover buried or exposed wounds inside of us relating to our, our natural fathers, our mothers, our siblings, people in general, 
Christians, other believers, neighbors, it doesn't matter who, just human beings, as we, as we have, God uncovers areas in our lives where we have unforgiveness and have a wound, that is an opportunity for us to forgive that person and exchange with God. So I'm just going to read something here. So discovering buried or exposed wounds and forgiving people who correlate with any member of the Godhead can begin the road of healing. The goal is to connect with each member of the Godhead. Connect with the Father. Connect with Jesus. Connect with the Holy Spirit in your prayer time. And remove any projected lie that you might be believing about God or how he would treat us. Does that make sense? Am I losing you guys? You guys okay? Tracking? So if my dad was angry and distant, I would maybe think, so was Father God. Yes. No, the other one, the father. the father one. Yeah, that one there. You know, when I look at this, I think about really our society right now and how there's so many identity issues, and it's because there aren't fathers, and that's why it's so important that we all get this because they need fathers and mothers. They need people to love them and to teach them and to train them and walk through the dirt with them, you know? And so this, yeah, I just am thinking of some stuff. But yeah, it's, this is really a really important thing to get is to learn to be fathers and mothers and that we are never too old to have fathers and mothers in our lives or to young. So, so this will help wrap things up. Why don't you guys all stand? <clears throat> So I'll get back to the first point this morning that I try to bring in uh, is the, the fact that God wants to have a relationship with you as, as a father. And you might be good with this. This might be really solid in your life right now. And amen to that. That's an awesome thing. And just keep on pressing in. But know that, that as you have a relationship with the Lord, as you talk to him and approach him as Father God, as you approach Jesus and, and, and fellowship with him, as you, as you dialogue with the Holy Spirit, he just wants to, to go deeper with you and, and have an intimate relationship with you. And he also wants to give you insight into his heart for other people. See, when we are captivated by the heart of God, when, when, the, when we realize that Father God actually really loves me and he likes me, he doesn't just love me, but he actually likes me. He wants, he wants to hang around me. That changes who I am, and it changes who you are. If you just see yourself as a sinner saved by grace, you're just going to sin by faith. If that's where you're putting your faith is in your identity as just a sinner, then you're going to manifest what you believe about yourself. But it's important to God that you... You see yourself as one of his sons because that's how he loves you. That's how he, he wants to relate to you. He wants to father you. And he wants other people that you come in contact with to know that God is actually a good father and that the bad stuff, that's, that's the devil. That is not God doing that. The sickness, the disasters in people's lives and 
and governments and stuff, all the wickedness, that is not God. That is the enemy. God is the good guy. He's a good father. And he just wants his sons and daughters back. He wants his kids to come home. And he paid the highest price. Why don't you just close your eyes? We're going to pray with this. So, Jesus, you paid the highest price to rescue us and to usher us back to the Father. And this morning, God, I just pray that if there's anyone here in this gathering that has never taken hold of your hand, King Jesus, and never said, I receive what you paid for on the cross for me. God, let today be the day. If, if you're here today and you've never said yes to him, just begin now. Just tell him, yes, I want you in my life. I want to take your hand, Jesus. I want to know what it means to have a relationship with you. And I want to know, Father God, I want to know the one who knit me together in my mother's womb. I want to know the dreams and the destiny and the, the thoughts that the Father had for me and towards me when I was being put together. I want to know your dream over my life. I want to hear the song that heaven is singing over my life because heaven is singing. He delights over you with joy. He sings over you with singing, according to Zephaniah chapter 3. He is a good father. So if you're here today, don't, don't pass up on his prompting in your heart. If you feel like, I want him so bad in my life, but I just don't know how I'll ever change. That was me 30 years ago. I said, God, I want you. I know I need you in my life, but I don't know how I'll ever change but I surrender to you. All you have to do is just surrender to him. Just say, it's yours. I put my life in your hands and I receive what you did for me. So Father God, today we just say thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Daddy God. Thank you that you love each one of us as your own sons and daughters, that you care about us. Thank you that you, de you dealt with our sin that the penalty of sin, the penalty of the law that was against us has been repealed. It has been removed through Jesus and through the blood of the cross. We thank you for that, and we want to step into that freedom today and walk in it. We want to walk in that freedom knowing that the old is gone and that the new life has come. We just bless these people today. We bless this gathering. We say, Holy Spirit, just get them this week. Get them good. Just chase them down. Show up in their lives in mysterious ways that they never thought you would show up. Pray that you would release dreams in the night, dreams in the early morning, that they would have uh, dreams that they wake up with that are, that are powerful enough that they will remember when they wake up, that you would begin to speak to their spirit in a way where they would say, is that you? Is that you? <laughs> is that you, Holy Spirit? Is that you, Father, speaking to me? So Jesus, we just welcome you to speak to our hearts. We welcome you to create that conversation inside of our personal walks with you. And above all, God, in that walk, we pray you would give us a hunger and a thirst for the word, that we would feast on the word of God, and we would find ourselves worshiping you 
with our, our hearts bowed down and our heads held high in Jesus' name. Amen.